It did. Did y'all have a good Halloween? Okay, guys. Here you go. If I see the band dozing off, I just throw them a little candy. Got some left over. I had a really great night. Dressed up like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Cops stopped me at about 12.30, said it was too late. I had to go home, be with my mom. But, uh, and then I spent most of the night washing the makeup off, but it was fun. So I brought what's left of my stash. So if I see you dozing off today... There we go. Good shot. Thank you. Almost there. Thank you. All right. Let's pray now. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. It was just too perfect. So here we are. You know, as Dr. Michael said, I always call him Dr. Michael because that's how I know him, but Michael Beckwith said, we're here to establish a, a, a powerful spiritual practice and then to sustain it and maintain it is the challenge. And, and powerful spiritual practices, every moment of every day is what I'm figuring out. There's not a spot where I, I, that is, does come in handy. And so I think that, as he talks about in his beautiful book, about that interior prayer. Teacher Jesus said that when we pray, go into that inner chamber. And that's what we do with spiritual mind treatment. So I'm going to share with you, in a moment after we sing our song, what that sounds like for me in, the, in my interior chamber. And you know that but our affirmative prayer this day. So let's, let's, let's sing. If you'd like to stand up and sing with me, that would be a lovely thing. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit, is in this very room. This very room, in this very room. Now I'm invite you before we go into prayer. Let's take a moment to just be quiet together. Let's take 90 seconds. And in these 90 seconds, what I would suggest to you, because we have established this connection, let us think of wherever love is needed on this planet. And let us think of that person, that place, that situation.
We are that place right now where God shows up. And so as we open our hearts and extend our love to friends and family, perhaps it's to ourselves this day. Wherever it is, it doesn't matter. For the energy and the dynamic of this infinite and powerful presence and principle is one of unconditional love. So may we, may I, this day, become a better lover of everything and everyone. To stand in the compassion and the wisdom and the clarity and the divine grace and the beauty and the elegance of this infinite divine intelligence in and through and as all of life. And so I celebrate this day in the joy and the celebration, the beauty. We are here to hear the music, to dance the dance, to share, to love, to laugh, to create, to cry together, to mourn together, the passage of time and the passage of life's all of it a beautiful cycle. All of it's expanding the consciousness and laying down the, fo- the foundation and the groundwork for a planet that works for everyone. And so I give thanks this day for this opportunity to come together with you in intentional community, to be reminded, despite what the papers tell us, despite what people's good opinions are, the truth of our being, which is that beloved, in form, expressing, each day having an opportunity to choose and live in a new and powerful way if that is our course that we choose. If those are our choices, and anything within us that that limits that experience in this moment, I invite you to know with me it is eradicated and dissipated. In this moment, it has no power. It has no influence in my experience anymore. It is a memory. And when it comes up, I thank it and I bless it and I release it. For we have something more powerful and wonderful and beautiful to pour our precious thinking, our hearts and minds into. That is the expression of the divine everywhere we are. And I give thanks for that knowing. I give thanks for this beautiful day, the beautiful music, this beautiful celebration. I declare it good and very good, pressed down and overflowing. And I stand in the gratitude of knowing the beauty and the power and the grace and the joy of this life, of this moment. For this I give thanks and I invite you to say with me, and so it is. Please be seated. Thank you, Brown. What a beautiful song. Everything is holy now, is it not? Bishop Desmond Tutu had this to say. We were made to enjoy music, to enjoy beautiful sunsets, to enjoy looking at the billows of the sea, and to be thrilled with a rose that is bedecked with dew. Human beings are actually created for the transcendent, for the sublime, for the beautiful, for the truthful. And all of us are given the task of trying to make this world a little more hospitable to these beautiful things. So if you want to know what I think we're doing here, that's it. We're here to listen to the music and to celebrate the dance and to watch the progression of life. Because it is all God. It's all good. It's all love. And we forget that because we have such compelling... We, we, we love our stories. We talk about story a lot. Because story is important. Because story is the, is the fuel that allows us to move into the awareness and to move through that. Dr. Michael talks about it in his book. He talks about the chick, the baby chick that's in the egg. And once that, that egg, the interior of the egg gets polluted, now that egg is... That, that shell has carried that chick to a certain level of maturity. It's incubated the chick. And then at some point in time, the chick, because it becomes so toxic and it no longer serves the purpose and the chick has grown strong enough, it pecks itself out. And I think with spiritual practice, when we have powerful spiritual practice in our lives, we peck ourselves out. I like that metaphor. I can relate to that. That's been my journey. Because environments that I've been in have become so toxic, I had to leave. 
We're talking today about evolved people. Dr. Michael has seven, seven points of evolved people, and I'll touch on them, but I'll share them with you real, quick, real quickly. Evolved people give thanks for the, what most people take granted for. Evolved people give without agenda. Evolved people race to see who can forgive first. Evolved people view life as celebration rather than a problem to be solved. Evolved people talk to themselves, not to the world. Evolved people choose happiness over drama. Or as Michael says, many people's declaration is, I have drama, therefore I am. <laughs> Evolved people understand the value of downtime. See, uh, when I came to Canada seven... Actually, this is an anniversary. Seven, year, uh, seven years ago? Seven years ago was my first Sunday here. Thank you. Thank you. They said it would never last. So... You know, I looked up, and I, I knew about Canada, because I, you know, I grew up in Minnesota. I knew where you guys were. I'd been to Thunder Bay a few times, and I thought, nah, I'm not going back. And you know, Thunder Bay was nice. But, and, and so in Canada, the, the symbol of Canada is the maple leaf and the canoe, perhaps. But I tell you what, from my perspective, this is what the symbol of Canada should be. <laughs> this is it, boy. I like this. This has a 16-inch mouth on it. And it's, it's pretty effective. I like the scoop because you can throw more at one time, you know what I mean? But the wide blade is a nice shovel as well. This one is actually the Garrett Nordic series, if you're wondering what it is. It is stained ash handle for strength. And it's moisture resistant. I'm getting there, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce is right there with me. He wanted to know how fast it goes. I've had this thing up to 100 RPMs a minute. <laughs> Depends on the temperature, I found. The colder it is, the faster I can shovel. Isn't that amazing? Have you noticed that? But what my experience has been with, with, with life and this, and there's, there's a, a few different techniques I've learned. Sometimes your arm gets, if you notice your arm can get tired after a while? I have. Anyway, so now, and then I'll switch the handle, and I'll do it backhand to the left. I call that the BC scoop. And then there's the Alberta landslide or avalanche, I like to call it, which is straight ahead. And of course, the to the right, the Tory toss, and I and, and I like <laughs> I like the shovel facing north, so I I got all, you know I, I've got all my political alignments in place. But what I've found in my life is I've dug myself a lot of holes in, in, over the period of time. And uh, the, the the wonderful thing about what we teach and what we celebrate is that there's a way there's a way to dig ourselves out of anything. And it is through the transformation of consciousness, through the shifting of consciousness. And I think the shovel is a good metaphor, because it comes in really handy, as we know. Not yet. What, wasn't it nice when we don't have snow now? I love that. Even I understand the seasons here now. It only took me seven years. But the shovel's a great metaphor for our lives, because I've dug myself many, many holes that I thought, this is impossible to get out of. And you know what? I know Michael talks about it. When you have powerful spiritual practice, when you stand in that awareness of who and what you are, things dissipate. And I've noticed that over time. There have been things, there were problems that I brought to this teaching when I first came in that somehow disappeared along the way. Because as I did the inquiry and the understanding of where I was and who I was and what was happening, those things, some clarity came around it. Michael talks about it in his book. He, he says that when you, and Dr. Holmes talks about it in our textbook, he said when you walk into a room and it's dark, what's required is to turn the light on. Just slip, uh, flip, swip the, uh, switch the light on. And so when we switch the light on in our awareness and our consciousness, all of a sudden what seemed to be a problem, which was the darkness, is gone. And many times, because the light's always on, you, you forget there was even darkness to begin with. 
We're so used to that. But simple little metaphors about our lives. And, and as we wake up in consciousness, the, the opportunity for us is to move into that place of, of the evolved human being, the evolved, the evolved awareness, and that's consciousness. And consciousness is always unfolding, and is our opportunity to continue to do the work or not. Two of the things that I think are really emphasized as I read this book initially is that affirmative prayer, which you'll hear a lot of times called spiritual mind treatment, and we're shifting out of that vernacular uh, simply because we know from our branding that it, it's, it's confusing for people. But it's affirmative prayer. It's simply a prayer that affirms something, that knows something. So spiritual mind treatment, you'll hear people talk about it here, but it's really affirmative prayer, and I think that's a better, that's a better definition. It's just clearer if you're new to the... It's not anything strange or weird. But it is affirmative prayer. It is affirming and knowing. And as, the, as Michael points out in the book, it is to go to that interior chamber. As Jesus said, when you pray, go to that, that inner chamber. Lock yourself away and go to that inner chamber. So we know that. And we do that. And the more often we do that, see, spiritual mind treatment is an art. It's an art form. I shared with you last week, I think it was Reverend Connie did a memorial service, and afterwards she did an affirmative prayer, and we do them spontaneously. And the woman came up to her and said, you know, how did you remember all those words? And the words flow. The words just show up. We trust that. It's a, it's a relationship. That, and so it's, it's articulating that, that awareness and trusting that. I remember the first time I did it. It was very, very slow, stilted, very much concerned about performance, anxiety performance. Have you ever had that? Looking good in front of other people? As Dr. Michael says, evolved people, number one, they give thanks for what most people take for granted. So what can we be grateful for right now? that we might have missed. I'm grateful for a shovel. Have it with me today in case it snows while we're in here. <laughs> but all those little things, all of it, you know, and, and if it's minute, it's still powerful practice. It's still powerful practice to get up and, and, uh, uh, and be thankful. You know, we watched, Laura and I watched on Friday. This has been an interesting weekend. We saw, we saw Patrick Swayze's uh, widow on, on Oprah, Lisa. And I did a play with Patrick and Lisa 30-some years ago. <clears throat> and it was wonderful to hear her talk. But she said, what's the one thing you got out of that? What's the one thing from this experience you got? And she asked for her favorite memories. And, of course, her favorite memories were the things most recent. Because once you know there's a timeline, once you know that the, the clock is ticking, you really start to pay attention. Do we not? And so she said, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate until you, you're ready. I told my teacher when she, she sort of handpicked me to be a minister, and I said, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way I could do that. And she said, Patrick Cameron, if you wait until you're ready, you will never do it. And, what's, and, and I'll tell you what, for me, what I know, and I, as one of my mentors here in the center, and I'm always listening and paying attention. I'm always listening and learning and paying attention. And I, someone, I'm constantly asked, because there's an energy here. There's a vibrancy here that's quite wonderful. Oh, by the way, you want to know how we did it on Michael Beckwith? We, we did, every measure of it was successful other than the fact that we almost broke even financially, which, in our opinion, was great. So if you think it was a great fundraiser for us, uh, it was in terms of energy and vibration and consciousness, but it was a huge expense for us. So I just want to let you know because people have been asking me, so I'll let you just all know it was, I think it was phenomenally successful. It achieved everything we wanted to do. Thank you. Thank you so much for your support. But people ask me, what are you guys doing in Edmonton? And I'll tell you what part of it is. I just, because I asked for, I said, what are we doing here? Because I, you know, I'm, I just show up and I'm, I'm passionate about what we do. I believe in what we do. I think what we do here changes the world. I think we have such an amazing opportunity not only to continue to be of service in a huge way. People come in here, and, and I talked about the five tribes last week. The first tribe is life sucks. 
The next one life is, tribe is my life sucks. And we can help people move from life sucks to my life sucks in, in a, eight weeks, I think, almost. But it, and then we, we move into the third tribe. The third tribe is, I want to touch on a little bit because maybe you weren't here, but the third tribe is, I'm great and you're not. 50% of the population lives in, I'm great and you're not. We live in comparison. We live in competition. The next tribe up is, we're great. This community is great. We're a great group of people here. Phenomenal people showing up and helping because they get a bit of what we're, we're doing. And the last 2% of the population lives in, life is great. And life is great. So how, and I want to live there all the time. And I'm passionate about it. So what I am, I'm a leaper. Watch. See? I used to leap a lot farther before my knees went on me, but I can leap. I'm a leaper. And this was pointed out to me this week. I said, what are we doing here? And a very wise woman said to me, you're a leaper. And then you, you go, you charge ahead with an idea. And then we love you so much that we backfill in so we can get to you eventually. <laughs> And I think that's a great metaphor. So now when I tell people, what are we doing in Edmonton? I'm a leaper. But I don't leap into the darkness. There's clues. I'm very, very, when the, when the, when the board, I met with the board seven years ago. And they asked me, what do you think your gifts are? And I said, well, number one, I'm very intuitive. But I'm not crazy intuitive. But I trust the intuition. And so when a good idea shows up, I'll say, hmm, I like that. That might be something nice we can do. And so I'm, I've been blessed to go off and do different uh, processes with other ministers and other communities and seeing what they're doing. So my leaping is not blind and it's not random. But what happens is something will show up in my life or show up in my experience. I'll come along and I'll say, hmm, I like that. And then I'll start talking about it a little bit. So it looks like I'm leaping. And I am. I believe that my job as spiritual director of this community is to, is to create the demand and then supply it. Create the demand and then supply it. And I'm so excited about the momentum that we have. What I also know is that there's, there's, there's opportunities for us to do some things that we're not quite doing yet. But that's exciting because that's just about the clarification. See, I'm sharing all this with you because maybe you can identify in your own life. Maybe you're not a leaper. Maybe you're waiting to get ready. Sometimes you just got to go. And if you mess up and it's the wrong decision, make a new decision. <clears throat> no, I guess I wasn't ready for that. I mean, how many divorces are there? I, I don't know, but I think it's about 50%. I'm sure that everyone that went into that, for the most part, was sure at the beginning. Certain. This is the one. This is the RPM, the right and perfect made for me. <laughs> Mickey Rooney, one of my heroes. What, is he married nine, ten times? He had no problem. Mickey was very good at getting married and also ending relationship. He had it mastered. That was part of his proficiency. He came to, to math. I would think it'd get really confusing and expensive after a while, but Mickey seemed to like it. So I think for all of us, myself included, I mean, what are we, what are we called to do as a Why are we here? I think it's to give birth to consciousness. How do we do that? Well, I met with Reverend Connie this week. We had a great talk about youth. So, you know, we're ready to, have, to expand our youth program. We have, we have like, what, 40 kids on average on a, on a Sunday now? 40. We don't have room to put them right now. You go, I go to church growth seminars and people say, you know what, if you're at capacity, see, we're, right now this, this is capacity for a group. 80% of seating is capacity. And if you're at 50% at the next service, and last week we had, we had capacity at both, he said, you've got to start looking for a new building. You've got to find a new place to meet. And I'm like, wow, I've known this for five, six years. We still think, hmm, let's see, we could do four services on a Sunday morning. <laughs> and we could, we could. But there's no pressure to do anything. We don't have to do any of this. We don't even have to show up here. But we choose to do that. 
And hopefully, and I know that, and so for me, the honor and the privilege is that to show up so clear about what we teach, we have this powerful teaching. I think we take this teaching, our lives, wherever we decide. I tell people that. I say, why are you struggling? You know, if you need money, ask people for money. You know, uh, the gala. You're going to come to the gala. We had a great time last year. But I had to bring, I had to, see, part of it for me is when I leave, some people I've got to pull along with me. People ask me when we're doing the gala last year, well, who's going to buy these tickets? I said, I don't know, man, but I keep feeling like we should do this and we should ask. And if we don't, if we don't ask, we'll never get. Is that not what we teach? We don't teach that you have a building that doesn't work. We're spending, almost, we're spending over $30,000 in the last two weeks on fire alarm systems for this whole building. We're looking at another sixty grand to do a roof over our office next, uh, next year. And it just goes on and on and on, and it's okay, because we're going to do that, because we're good stewards of what we have. We know that we want to be solid with that. But is that the biggest possibility? Is that the biggest idea? So we did the Michael Beckwith event saying, you know what, we have, a great, we have a great opportunity here to share our message and to empower people to live a great life. And part of it is to step into that community. Community is just so powerful. I mean, where else can we do this? It's exciting. Someone told me, called me yesterday and said, man, oh man, you got some guts, man. Another minister. Because I told them what we spent on Michael Beckwith and how we did. We, we were about $3,000 shy of breaking even. It was, but it was a huge budget. It was a huge budget. He said, you got some guts, man. And I said, well, you know what? It's not, that, it's not that risky. You have the discussion and you work it out. But for me, I think it's, it's important to continue to move it forward. When I first came to ministry, someone said to me, you can choose to have your church be a lake or a river. You can choose to have your ministry be a lake or a river. Now, lakes are nice. I love lakes. Get on the pontoon boat, float around. Mm, little water skiing. I'll tell you about the fall I took one year, but the water skiing up until I was about 28. <clears throat> but, but it can be a lake or it can be a river. You don't want, you don't want it to be a rapids because <laughs> then everything washes away. But I'm just saying, with, with all this, this is, this is uh, you know, I don't, just, I don't just get up randomly. I don't wake up one morning and say, you know, I think we should invite Dr. Michael Beckwith to town. That's been a, 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 a conversation that's gone on and fine-tuned and see how we can do it. We learn so much. We, we, we expose so many people to our teaching. The amount of money we spend on that and the exposure we got, it was a bargain. It was a bargain. And, and it also validates what we're doing. We, I believe we should be the place to go in this community when we want to move out of fear, fear worry, doubt, and lack. When people want another opinion, because if you read the paper, read the paper yesterday, there's not enough uh, flu vaccine going around. Come on. Come on, you guys. All you got to do is go and order more flu vaccine. Make more flu vaccine. What do you mean there's not enough? As if the, world had, as if the lab blew up yesterday. Come on. But, what they, but, but they sell papers that way because they get you excited. So stop paying attention to that stuff. If you're guided to take the vaccine, get the vaccine. Be healthy. Someone coached me the other day. says, you're exposed to so many people. I recommend that you get that vaccine. Uh, okay, I'll do that. I thought, That's probably not a bad idea. Because every year I keep affirming good health, good health, good health. And then about February 1st, I get this cold that goes through my chest like uh, Montezuma's Revenge. And it's, it's three weeks of coughing, hacking, and Kleenex. Oh, well, maybe I will do that. That sounds like a good idea. And, and does that make me less than because I need to, to rely on medicine to be healthy? No. God works through the medicine. God works through the doctors. We don't say if you, you, know, you have a broken leg, let's pray on it. Let's pray and also know that the right and perfect practitioners and the right and perfect people, the right and perfect procedures are showing up for you. God's in everything, in all the details. So it's about that evolution of consciousness. 
We got this. We got this. We got. We have the best teaching in the world, without a doubt. If I find another one, I'll be letting you know about it. But it is about the transformation of consciousness. It's about the shifting and changing and, and living beyond. Carl Jung said that. Carl Jung said that we don't forget those stories. We just grow beyond them. A young man went to see Carl Jung one day, and he said, and what Carl Jung would do was he would tell his dreams to everybody. You'd meet Carl Jung, he'd start telling you his dream. In fact, I had a great dream last night. I was a jockey. Laura and I were at the track, and I was a jockey. Yeah, go, go figure. Anyway, and I looked just like Lafitte Pinkai, greatest jockey that ever lived. Won almost 10,000 races. Love this man. Anyway, I'm a jockey. She was shopping the whole time, and I couldn't get, the, I couldn't get into the race. It was just like every time something happened, I couldn't get my horse in the race, so I woke up. I still don't understand it. So anyway, Carl Young, this young man goes to Carl Young. And, he, and Carl Young, they're walking along his lake. He lived on this beautiful lake, and they're walking along the lake, and Carl Young is telling him his dream, you know, in a thick German accent, and he's on and on and on. And, and this young man finally says, Dr. Young, this is amazing. That you're, you're, you've all this wisdom in all these years. And you, you understand all your dreams. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, you never understand your dreams. He was willing to live in the mystery. You never understand it. But it doesn't keep you from moving forward. It doesn't keep you mining the depths of, of uh, who and what you are. The discovery. He lived in the mystery. It wasn't about discovering. But he was evolved. And he gave gratitude for the dreams. They give without agenda. Evolved people give without agenda. Getting Getting rather than letting. And it's the nature of our giving. The reason I love this is when I look at it and I'm offering something, am I giving without agenda? Am I giving without trying to get? Do I race to see who can forgive first? Hmm. Race to forgive. Usually when I, something happens, I think, oh. And then I have to, you know, I have to process. Because they were so out of line. Does it look like I'm racing to forgive? <laughs> I got work to do there. I can improve that. View life as celebration rather than a problem to be solved. It's a celebration, all of it, to give thanks, going back up to the gratitude. Give thanks for all of it. People that come, people that go, all the love. I, I, Laura, I, I, got a, I got an email yesterday, and this person that was so, such, it came along at such a precious and important part, a time in my life, I found out they, they found her dead in her bed on last Tuesday. Oh, Golly, I just I told Laura, I said, you know, it's just don't wait. Life is so sweet and so precious. 52 years old, found her dead. Had a heart attack, died in her sleep. A wonderful person. A beautiful person. Came along in my life when I was going through a really tough time, and she's just picked me up and, and helped me for such a great, short and beautiful period of time. But life is celebration, so I can mourn the death, which I certainly do. I'm sad because I, I felt like there were things I should have said. I should have said thank you a lot more to just about everybody. So I'm sad about that, but I celebrate the memories, and her spirit lives on in my heart. And so next time, I'll say thank you, sooner and more often. Evolved people talk to themselves, not to the world. It's not about being, it's self-referenced, to understand the beauty and the love and the truth that we are, and getting in connection with that. And we do that through spiritual practice, as Michael said, have solid, powerful spiritual practice in your life. It helps keep us grounded in the truth of our being. And then the conversation that we have first and foremost is that small self with the small s to the large self, which is the divine. And to be into that conversation. And if you don't know that, if you're not familiar with that, it's okay. It's just a language to be learned. When I went to L.A., I had a guy come up to me one day. I was working. I got a job on a construction site. And 
This guy walks up to me, and he looked like he was Mexican. And he, he said to me, Buenos dias, mi nombre es Rodrigo Garcia. Mi familia viva en México. Yo, mi, mi hermana y yo, uh, vámonos a Los Angeles, uh, cinco años ya. I had a clue what this guy was saying. He went on and on and on. And, I'm, uh, 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 uh. and so I realized that I had to straighten these guys out. They're all going to have to learn English. <laughs> you boys got a problem. You don't speak the right language, fellas. So I brought a whiteboard and we started learning English. I didn't really. Well, what I realized was I wasn't going to change them. But what I, there goes the candy, see? I didn't even touch that. Something's happening here that's powerful. <laughs> the candy moved. Anyway, what I did was I, I committed to each day I would take one object and I would learn the name in Spanish. I read about this in, the, in my newsletter article this week. And every day I would pick up the hammer, find out the hammer was the martillo, the nail was the clavo, the tape measure was the metro. And I would just work on one word each day. And you know what? In about 30 days, I could have a pretty good conversation with these guys. And in a year, we were, we were talking back and forth, and we weren't talking English. And the, thing that, the beautiful thing about it was I learned a second language, and I also connected with these guys in a way that I never would have connected with them. That was Patricio. Hey, Patricio, como esta, mi amigo? Orale, vato. Yeah, I knew all this. I, I, you know, I could not probably go into a, a proper uh, Hispanic culture and have a proper conversation because I pretty much know how to tell you to go to the truck and get whatever tool it is that we need. <laughs> and I know a lot of slang, and I'm not sure if all of it is the, the king's Spanish, so I'm a little hesitant when I'm amongst non-construction people, let's say. <laughs> but what a great gift in my life, and what a great gift in their life. And, I, and you know what, I, I don't know, Bobby, two years ago, one of the guys called me here. I get this phone call. Hey, Patricio, como esta, amigo? Hello? And guy I worked with for three or four years. Just, and they become, it's beautiful. The beautiful relationship that comes out of that. And Laura and I always talk about that. Hispanic people in L.A., they, they, move, out of, they move out of that environment. There's going to be some trouble because they keep that economy going. They raise all the kids. They do all the gardening, they do all the construction work, all those things, that, and they are just, they're so beautifully connected to the earth in such beautiful ways. And I have such great affection and appreciation for that. Choose happiness over drama. I have drama, therefore I am. Choose happiness. Is this going to make me happy? And they understand the value of downtime. They understand that you know, it's not always going and going and going and doing and doing and doing. My teacher used to talk about that all the time. It's, the, it's about those understanding. See, we think downtime many times is if we don't have the TV going or the iPod going or a conversation going. But we have to have those moments, I believe, of quiet. The Wednesday night service we're doing here now, we do 15 minutes of meditation. I do a short talk, and then we go back into the practice now. And it is just powerful and wonderful. It's totally different than what we do here on Sunday. But it's just powerful. And Laura and I leave here, and we just feel so re-engaged at a deep level with something that is just unknown. But that is, the no- that, is that, that mystery. That is that spirit. It's powerful, and it's wonderful. It's exciting. It's exciting to be alive, it's, and I'm so grateful. So I watch people. We saw the This Is It. Uh, we went and saw it on Friday, the This Is It, Michael Jackson's uh, video. Oh, it's just incredible, it's the, the creative genius of this guy. 
And I walked away from that. Yeah, it's sad that he's gone. And, you know, and he had all the stories around him, and I don't know any of that. That's his agenda. That was his. That was the people that came around him, whatever. But, man, that guy was a creative genius. He lived in his genius. You've got to see that thing. It's amazing to watch that, the creativity and the spontaneity. I mean, he was just, the music was part of him. He had his 10,000 hours in. So this week, what do we get to do? I think we can remind ourselves of who we are and whose we are. We're here to enjoy the music. Enjoy the music this week while you're eating your Halloween candy. (laughs) Enjoy beautiful sunsets. Enjoy looking at the billow of the sea and to be thrilled with a rose that is bedecked with dew. Human beings are actually created for the transcendent, for the sublime. We're created for it, for the beautiful, for the truthful. And all of us are given the task of trying to make this world a little more hospitable to these beautiful things. I know we can do that, so it is.